Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. For the first time in a long time, the Frogs have completed a head coaching search. Looks like Sonny Dykes will be announced as the new head football coach at Texas Christian University. Press conference set for, I believe, on Tuesday. But my goodness, are there a lot of moving parts in college football. It was a weird weekend. It was a weird weekend on the TCU front as they just got destroyed by Iowa State. It was a weird weekend for the SMU Mustangs as they uh, blew a lead to Tulsa. Tulsa becomes bowl eligible. And uh, the, the SMU fans were not happy about uh, Sonny Cumbie. So, man, we'll dig into all of that. We'll go as far behind the scenes on the coaching search as is legally possible without burning our sources. And uh, we'll see what's going on around the rest of the college football landscape because they're looking for a new coach up in Norman, Oklahoma. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Mr. Jeremy Clark, how are you doing this evening? Uh, any anything new in your world? It's been really quiet, actually. No, not not much going on. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it. This is the first head coaching search for football that you have overseen in your years of covering the frogs, and you've been covering the frogs longer than anybody that's covering the frogs in the business online, in the papers, and all that. Just uh, we'll get into the, all the specifics and all the details. What was the emotional roller coaster like of having a coaching search that lasted almost a, a whole month here for the Horn Frogs? I mean, it's just going back, just listening to different people. You had so many names being thrown at you, and um, it was just tough to try to decipher which was true, which was false. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, – I, I really don't have anything to compare it to because I've never been through a coaching search before, but I, I would definitely say you get a ton of messages, you get a ton of phone calls, you get – anonymous um, messages quite a bit saying that what what I'm saying is false or what I'm saying is true. And it just, you know, just you got to walk a fine line to to figure out what you're reporting is true and and trust in the people that that talk to you. And luckily, like you said, I've been around long enough to uh, develop pretty good sources and 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 be able to trust those folks and, and, and know that what they're telling me is true. So it, it worked out for me in the end, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and just hit the nail right on the head here. The Frogs get um, Sonny Dykes, the head coach from SMU, former uh, offensive analyst here at TCU, former head coach at Cal, former head coach at Louisiana Tech. He's got a lot of years of head coaching experience under his belt, not only here in the North in North Texas and Louisiana, obviously out there in the Bay Area. What are the Frogs getting with Sonny Dykes? If you were sitting on the search committee – what would you be able to articulate to the board of trustees, to the fans, to the booster club? What are the frogs getting that we should be excited about? Well, I mean, if you look at in general what he's done at SMU, people can talk about his record in November all they want, but he's he's really turned a program around. I mean, Chad Morris started it, but Sonny led him to ten wins. They had the the most wins since '84 um a couple years ago when they went 10 and 3 i mean they went 7 and 3 last year they won 8 games this year probably win 9 um a lot of distractions when when your your coaches get talked about other openings and and other coaches uh expected to leave so i could see why some of those players really didn't didn't play with a lot of emotion in these last few weeks i mean especially against Tulsa on Saturday so 
if you just look at his body of work as far as wins and losses, it's probably not going to blow anyone away because he did have, um, a, you know, a four-year tenure at Cal where he wasn't very successful. But at the same time, he didn't get any any type of backing like he's going to be getting at TCU and, and like he had at SMU. But if you look at what today's college football world is, the transfer portal, NIL, um, marketing, I mean, he, he checks all those boxes big time. I mean, if you, you think of SMU, you think of the city of Dallas, and that's something that they just did as a whole, and he got behind it as far as marketing and, and keeping those those local kids home. Um, everyone that – I mean, I've had so many questions to me asking if TCU is going to start wearing Fort Worth on their jerseys, you know, or, or have uh, Fort Worth skyline on TCU's helmets. I mean, I don't think any of that's going to happen. But as far as uh, marketability and everything else, I think – He's gonna he's gonna bring TCU um, to a new place, the further than what we've seen in the past. Uh, NIL, I've talked to a, a, a ton of recruits in the past, and this is something that when some of those parents and players go to SMU and TCU, and they tell me SMU's presentation was way way more thorough and and just simply better than what TCU was talking about NIL. That's that's a big plus, um, and I'm not talking bad about Gary, but Gary was kind of old school. I don't think he really liked the NIL. I think he finally realized that he had to get behind it, and people had to come forward and, and start helping out, making sure they keep some of these players. But I think TCU was kind of was kind of caught um, just behind the game a little bit, especially behind SMU in that regard. And transfer portal, we can all sit there and talk everyone every time uh, transfer. A kid from Texas was coming back to Texas. Everyone always mentioned SMU. Everyone mentioned SMU is probably the place he was going to end up going. So, I mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of good things about him, and 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 especially when you're you're talking about leaving what Gary Patterson started. He was a different defensive minded coach, and now you're going to go to an offensive minded coach. He's uh, one of the top offenses in the nation every year. His quarterbacks put up ma- massive numbers. Tanner Mordecai had a ton of passing yards and touchdowns this year. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good pluses, way more pluses than negatives right now. Well, let's think about who he might be bringing with him. We're not just talking about um, players in the transfer portal. There's one name that every TCU fan uh, may not have known a year ago, but they all know now. What is the give us the status update on perhaps one or two coaches that may be coming from SMU over to TCU, especially one that has strong roots in the recruiting front in the DFW area? Talking about samples? Oh, yeah. That's all I want to talk about. I mean, like you go to our message board and half our fans are like, Dax is fine, but if you bring samples, he's amazing. Tell <laughs> us a little bit. I mean, that that's the I, – I, I don't want to be pejorative about this, but that's the that's the take of, of the people that wanted to win the press conference. And, you know, maybe Dykes doesn't win the press conference, even though he's the greatest coach at SMU in, in 30 years since they were cheating out of, out of their you-know-what – I, I like the hire, but I'm I'm real excited about samples as well, and I think our listeners want to know. Tell us a little bit about, about his backstory, what he's good at, why Fark fans might be ex- excited, and can you confirm here on this pe- episode that he's um, making his way to Fort Worth? I mean, everyone I've talked to has, has said that he's headed this way, um, and unless unless something just completely changes, then he's he's headed this way. 
Uh, what Sample Springs is one of the top recruiters in the nation. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can land four stars like Chase Biddle, George, everyone in there, everyone. And, and I take so much heat from SMU fans because of this, because I got Chase Biddle wrong, but everyone and their dogs got Chase Biddle's recruitment wrong. And that was because of Rashad Sample. Samples, samples kept it quiet. And it was basically the 11th hour where he was able to get Biddle to uh, flip his commitment because that kid was going to TCU. That kid, that kid was going to TCU. I don't care what anyone says. He told people he was going to TCU. He told reporters, keep your crystal ball on TCU. He was going to TCU. Then Samp came in there and really got him to change his mind. So he's he's going to bring um, an attitude as far as recruitment goes that we really haven't seen. We talk about good recruiters on staff. Zarnell Fitch has a lot of excitement. Jeremy Modkins, a lot of excitement. But you're talking about a guy that is, you know, I'm not knocking his coaching ability right now because I think he's he's going to be a good coach as he gets older. He's he's not very old, but as far as um, just interacting with players, he's very likable. Um, people uh, want to be around him. Families want to send their kids to be around him. So it doesn't surprise me one bit when all this stuff started coming out that when Sample's future kind of went up in the air, whether he was going to stay at SMU or not, you start seeing those kids that are – the highly ranked kids start decommitting those four stars like Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle and Cordell Russell from the 23 class. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think he's going to be able to land some of those kids. I would obviously keep an eye on the three kids I just mentioned. I mean, they, they all were getting recruited by TCU before. And um, I, I know they, they've all been on campus and it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Matter of fact, I got crystal balls in for Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle to commit to TCU. But I think the the thing people are going to be most impressed with, with samples in, in the immediate future is his ability to go out there and land some of these kids, especially these local kids and keep them close to home. Well, what do you know about who's coming to run in the coordinator position? So we know that, uh, you know, little Riley, as I call him, is has been running the offense at SMU. Do you anticipate him transferring over to be the offensive coordinator at TCU? And let's let's just look at that one first. Who is the likely candidate to become the offensive coordinator in the new Sonny Dykes uh, regime here at TCU? Well, I've heard Garrett Riley's name the most. I was hearing Graham Harrell's name there for a little while, um, but that kind of lost some steam. It, uh, I had a few people tell me to to keep an eye on him, and and I even mentioned it, but. I think when I did my last update, I, I believe on was it Friday or Saturday morning that Garrett Raleigh was the guy that was being more discussed. And then I had some guys from SMU tell me that they were hearing that Garrett Raleigh was coming over to TCU with Sonny. So I, I'm comfortable enough, not 100% certain on it, but I'm comfortable enough to say that um, that he would be headed over to TCU to, to be the offensive coordinator. Well, let's go to the other side of the ball. Obviously, there's going to be uh, a big turnover on our staff on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of staff from the Sunny Dykes defensive SMU that are making their way over. Who are we looking at at, at defensive coordinator? Um, what are some names that you may know? And then also, is there anybody else from the defensive side of the ball that might be coming over from Dallas? <clears throat> defensive coordinator right now is up in the air. I can say that that Belk from Houston's not a candidate. Um I, I, there are, there are uh, a, a couple names right now that could become candidates, but 
I don't know all those names yet. Uh, as far as being able to to mention them, I would say uh, look for a couple of young guys um, that could be that could be get some notice. Uh, I did ask I did ask someone if because I, I know Paul Gonzalez is going to be retained on staff. I don't know what role he's going to be, whether it's going to be safeties, corners, or even possibly defensive coordinator. Um, they don't know what role that's going to be yet, but he he's an option. Um, but as as far as the defensive holdovers from SMU, I think you're only going to really see one, and that's the defensive line coach, uh, Shadera. I can't even say his last name. <laughs> I feel bad, but he's a uh, he's a defensive line coach for uh, for SMU, and and he's he's kind of like the the other coaches, young, um, hungry, likes to get after it, and he's done a pretty good job of uh, recruiting. I mean, they he, they're another one of their top recruits for the twenty two class. Defensive end out of Rowlett decommitted, and and uh, he was a big reason why that they uh, they got that commitment. So he, uh, you know, he's he's probably not going to bring in a lot of defensive coaches. I've had some some guys ask me about Trey Haverty. I don't think Trey's going to be coming over. Um, Kenny Perry, I think, is going to be a guy that's probably going to end up at Texas Tech with his best friend Joey McGuire. But as, as far as like uh, Stefan McClure or, or um, you know. Maybe, I mean Jim Levitt. He's deaf. Jim Levitt. I, I know he's not. He's not coming over. But uh, Shadera and uh, uh, the offensive coaches are really the only ones I've heard so far that would be coming over uh, as far as uh, being being on field coaches. Well, it looks like the only two staff that will likely be retained then are um, Malcolm Kelly and and Paul Gonzalez. Is there anything else in terms of current coaching staff of who may stay, or is that kind of be the totality of it? Well, as far as what I've been told so far, Malcolm and Paul would be the only two. Um, I know there there's some interest from some other coaches that are currently on staff that would love to stay. I know Jeremy Modkins would love to stay. I know, um, obviously, uh, Zarnell Fitch would like to stay. Um, but I think Sonny was – supposed to be talking to those guys but again some of those guys didn't even know about that so the the bad thing about all this is the current the, most of the current coaches haven't really been given a lot of information about what's going on so but they all I mean obviously they all knew Sonny Dykes was going to be the coach just like everyone else they they started to learn about this probably about a week week and a half ago once things started to heat up a little bit more but you know the players know about it players from what I understand are really pumped that Paul Gonzalez is going to be sticking around because I, I think I even mentioned it before that Paul was a guy that is is really liked by the players on on offense and defense and even some of those guys if you would have asked them they probably probably would have liked him to have been the interim coach not saying anything bad about Jerry Kill because Jerry Kill did a phenomenal job but that's how well liked Paul Gonzalez is to enough to where you would have had players advocating for him to be uh, interim coach and. The only bad thing if that happens, you go four and zero, and then you got players wanting Paul Gonzalez to be the head coach, and then you're kind of stuck in a position where you don't know if he's ready to to be a head coach yet. But he is. Uh, when you have these type of um, transitions, you you do want to have somebody there that has stability with the current players, try to help them stick around, and and you really got two good ones with Malcolm Kelly and Paul Gonzalez. 
Well, we could talk all day about the unknowns, like how are we going to fill out the coaching staff? What does this mean for the rest of the Big 12 landscape in terms of how our identity has shifted? And, you know, obviously the the end of Coach Patterson's tenure, the end of Coach Patterson era. But, you know, in a sense, there's only so much information we can know. We've we've known that this is happening for a good while here now. We knew that Sonny Dykes was the number one candidate from the get-go, and there were some other folks that were considered, other folks that were interviewed. But the information is just straightforward. Sonny Dykes is the head coach. Looks like Garrett Riley's coming over to run the offense. Uh, Samples is going to be in there in a high-ranking position to uh, make sure that recruiting and offense are at a high level. And then after that, we just have to wait for another week, another two weeks. we got championship weekend. Uh, Obviously, staff's filling out. I know some people will um, uh, wait until after signing day to um, make some coaching changes. So we'll see what happens with that. So all that is to say, let's talk about some fun stuff, Jeremy. Let's talk about some of the stupidest things that have been going on during this coaching search. So I'm going to start with one, and then I want you to just think, like, what are, without naming names or burning bridges, I just want you to think, like, the most irrational moment, whether it's a message board or a source or somebody writes you and says, I know that this is true. you got to run with it. Um, I'll start with one that has been in the last two hours. Lincoln Riley has taken the job at USC. And we are worried that Sonny Dykes is going to go take the USC job or take the OU job now after um, agreeing with um, TCU for that position. And, you know, in, in the last week, all that stuff's been sorted out. I watched our beloved message board melt down, believing that the coach that we that some people were um, lukewarm on were all of a sudden now losing their marbles because uh, he wasn't good enough for TCU, but all of a sudden he's now good enough for Oklahoma, and we need to get this thing um, inked. Uh, first of all, let me say Jeremy Clark has confirmed that the contract is inked. The ink is dried. Um, everything's good to go. That was just like a snapshot of how crazy this coaching season is. Um, did you feel that kind of insanity with um, fans thinking that Sonny Dykes was about to walk out the door to go to uh, Oklahoma? <laughs> I was actually out trying to find my son a suit. And I got a text saying that Riley was going to USC. And then someone sent me a text of Mac screenshot. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to the message board now and start doing damage control. So I started immediately reaching out to people and, and uh, I got enough of it back. I'll just say this TCU hasn't done a very good job confirming things. Um, I, I, I want to I say that, They've done that just for Sonny's sake and for, I guess, trying to be good neighbors to to SMU. But, it, you know, it almost got to the point where it's become comical, like you said. It's just – I was even watching Channel 8 last night and one of their reporters was even like, you know, TCU and SMU, why are you, why are you delaying the in- inevitable? We all know Sonny Docks is going to be the coach at TCU – someone just get out there and confirm the damn news <laughs> because neither school wants to confirm it, but everyone knows, but it's like the coaching staff at TCU knew about it. I mean, I had, I had recruits telling me they knew about it. Like it's, it's just all this funny stuff. But as far as the Mac stuff, um, him tweeting that when I, when I got the ink is dry message, you know, I quickly went to the board, reported that, but I had, including a former coach, which you guys pretty much know all who that is. And I had other people tell me that whatever Mac tweeted was absolutely false. And I even had Oklahoma guys tell me that 
they had no interest in Dykes. There was, I mean, he's he, his name wasn't even a blip on the radar from what I was told. Well, we'll count that as just a, a window of insanity for about 90 minutes there. What are some of the other crazy things? And by the way, heard? I'm not knocking Mac on that because that's, that's again, you know, you listen to some people, they will tell you stuff because there's, there's stuff that people told me during the whole Sunny Docs thing that Mac would come out and report and, and it was along the same lines I was hearing. So, you know, it just kind of kind of depends on who you trust. Well, tell tell some of our listeners and our readers, what are some of the crazy things you heard in this coaching search? Obviously, we got Sonny Dykes to OU at the last minute, thinking we're going to get left at the altar. What are some of the crazy things that you got? that You, you can maybe be vague on the details if you want to, but I'd love to hear uh, some of the some of the insanity of our first coaching search in a generation. Um, I was told that Sonny Dykes was like the fourth or fifth choice and they were only going to go after Sonny and, and if the other big guy said no, um, which I really didn't ever believe that. I'll, I've always felt that Sonny was the guy from the get go, and I've been pretty pretty open about this on the board. Uh, there's there's a crazy conspiracy theorist in me that feels like they even told Sonny before they even told Gary um, about about the whole thing. I think they might have gauged Sonny's interest and said, "Hey." We're gonna we're gonna be doing this to to Gary. Are you interested? And this is how this all the, the timing of everything. Just I'm like my the what's the what's the guy's name that everyone says is the, like the conspiracy guy. All you got Alex Jones. Alex Jones. No, not that guy. <laughs> what he? No, gosh dang it! The Q Q QAnon guy. That's who that is. QAnon. Oh. That's like, I thought you, you were know. talking about uh, JFK Jr., who is still walking the streets of Dallas. <laughs> no, I've, <laughs> I've heard, I haven't heard that one. But no, you haven't heard that one. No. I heard, I, I heard he was cited there the other day. Now I'm just, I'm not confirming it. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. All right, but go ahead. Well, we'll have to figure that one out. But no, I mean, and then Dion, Dion was a candidate, but you know, I had a lot of people tell me he was going to be getting the job. Um, <laughs> so many people, I ain't gonna mention names. I have one guy calling me all the time. Like quit, quit running that crap. Quit running that stuff. Deion Sanders is not going to be the coach, but he was, I mean, he was legit. He was a legitimate candidate, but he was never going to be, um, the guy I'm trying to think of other, other name, or other big names. Um, someone had mentioned Bob Stoops to me. I think his name was thrown around on the board a little bit. Someone had mentioned, Mike Gundy was mad at Oak, and I didn't even bring that one up on the board because I wasn't I wasn't about to. I was real passive about the Matt Campbell stuff at first, and then it started to leak a little bit more. But we all see how that worked out. I mean, I think I think uh, you know that's just how crazy it is. I mean, everyone's talking about Matt Campbell to USC, and, and no one's really talking about Lincoln Riley to USC. That's just how funny all this stuff can work out. But um, trying to think of anything, uh, Billy. Billy Napier uh, was the coach. He had already agreed. He had already agreed to everything. He was going to be named. And then 30 minutes later, I'm told Sonny Docks is – I mean, that's that's how fast these things – I always kept trying to say these things are fluid. And I'm just telling you, that's – you know, I had – it's like it's like you're you're going into a room, okay, with filled with 20 people. And on the left side, there's 10 people. On the right side, there's 10 people. You go to the left side, those 10 people are going to tell you 
all the same thing. You go to the right side, those 10 people are going to tell you all the same thing. The only problem is they're all saying those 10 people to the left and those 10 people to the right aren't saying the same thing together. They're saying, they're saying different things. And so that's why it was just, I just had to stay even keel with everything about what I, what I was hearing because it was a lot. There were, there was, there was a ton of stuff that was coming out. Well, let's talk about a couple of the other names. We did mention um, Napier. I know that, I know that the frogs interviewed him. I know they were they held him in the highest regard, and then he uh, got whiff that maybe Florida was opening. And I, I I have a couple of people that have told me that I've trust outside of TCU that cover coaching searches that said Napier has a has a habit of uh, getting people down towards the altar and, and and then walking off for another girl. So I know he did that with Auburn. I know he got did that with South Carolina. And I think TCU was smart enough to not let them do that to not let him do that to them. And so I'm not surprised that Napier was named the head coach at the University of Florida today. Good, you know, good for him. So be it. But I, I think it's somewhere between they got their top candidate and they did a thorough search, as well as I think this was the guy that everybody wanted from the get go. So. I don't see any 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 qualms with the way that the search was run. I don't. I I feel really good about the Sunny Dykes hire because the two things that that we know Coach Patterson was not excited about, as you mentioned, are the transfer portal and the um, the name, image, and likeness. And then I think, and I'm going to say this one: recruiting in the 21st century. And you can say that's name, image, and likeness. You can say that's recruiting uh, uh, the transfer portal. But I, I think I'm going to phrase it this way because I got to I got to make sure I choose my words wisely. Patterson thrived in an era where you recruited a kid, and then when he got on campus, you de-recruited a kid, and then building back up into an excellent player. Does that sound right? That you get a guy, you melt him down, and you build him back up. Yeah, I mean, this, he would this, tell you that. Yeah, this era, you never de-recruit. You're always because every kid could leave, and you could do it on like one end of the spectrum where the kid's like a whiner and he got yelled at, so he's leaving. Um, but but there's the more likely option, which is, hey, I'm not getting an opportunity. I'm not feeling invested in. I feel like I have better options other places. And that you you want to find a way to include and empower and, and deploy. You, those are all preacher words. There, it sounds like a uh, I'm I'm trying to do a sermon series. But you gotta you gotta find a way to make kids feel valued where they are. And you can say that they have a role to play in that as well. But now players can walk out the door just as program programs could always usher a kid out the door politely. Now a player can usher themselves out the door politely. And so I think Sonny Dykes thrives, and that's all under the banner of recruitment, NLI, uh, name, image, and likeness, transfer portal, and then recruiting ongoing. When a kid's on campus, you keep recruiting him. And then there's a part of how, um, I'm just going to put it delicately, uh, boosters can align in a way they never could before. And we need to maximize all of that, all that money flowing into luxury suites, um, I want to see that floating uh, across DFW. If I'm, does that does that make sense, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best way I can describe it is Gary. He was he was still an old school coach in trying to 
use that mentality. I mean, there's some things that he was trying to get better at and trying to get into a new wave, but there was, I'm just telling you from a recruiting perspective, there were, there were still some recruits or families that's, that just said, and there was nothing wrong against TCU. They loved everything about it. But as far as some of the things that other schools were doing, as far as NIL and, and uh, just being new wave and, and up to par with today's college football and TCU was, was lacking in that, in that area. So I mean, everything, everything you said, I would, I would 100% agree with. You know, Bill Connolly that writes for ESPN, he has three um, pillars that he thinks college football coaching is built on. Pro- building a program is built on. Not just coaching, but building the program. He calls it player acquisition, player development, and player deployment. And Coach Patterson thrived on player development, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, player deployment, which is, you know, if you think of development, it's just improving your skills and development is uh, deployment is like the scheme that we run the the way that we position our players and move them from you know you take take Jerry Hughes and turn him into a defensive end I don't want I, I know that we recruited well but I think player acquisition has has been where we have not brought the full weight of the of the program and so there are so like there's a lot of people on our message board that are like we got to do a defensive scheme expert. What's the difference between the 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 run and shoot and the and the spread versus the power spread? You know what? I don't really care what kind of offense we run as long as we score points. I care about having the uh, having acquired the best collection of players and then that they fit inside of a cohesive culture as a football program. And then the X's and O's stuff, I'm not saying it's irrelevant because that's not true, but Jimmy's and Joe's are better than X's and O's. And I know I didn't come up with that, but I feel like that's where Sonny Dykes is going to bring the alignment of all of the resources of TCU football and the athletic program and the university to be able to get the best collection of players and um, get them set up to go and thrive because if the players want to be here and we can um, continue to acquire talent the way from the transfer portal, from recruiting to NIL, that's what's going to set the program up to, to thrive in the long run. Scheme matters. I'm not naive, um, but recruiting matters most. Stars matter most. And I, I think it's about time we embrace that to the, to the full weight of the program. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that um, comes together with Sonny Dykes and with Samples, and with Little Riley, and whoever else comes on board. Well, Jeremy, anything else you want to share in this episode of what I think is going to be a a couple-part series? We'll probably come back to this as the staff rounds out, maybe later this week or in the next week for sure. Anything else from this coaching church that you want to share that you think our listeners want to listen to? I mean, I don't know right off the top of my head. I mean, it's (laughs) I answer when I get asked because I I don't have a notepad in front of me to – to to jot down a lot of a lot of things um i mean like i said it was interesting and but here's the thing i would say about this coaching search there was never more than five true candidates and in my opinion there was never more than two top candidates and finally in my opinion there was only one candidate that they were always eyeballing and that was dykes I think that sounds about right. I think that's pretty right. And you're you know, right. It's funny. We, you're I, right about I had Billy. a lot of people. Go ahead. The thing with Billy that 
there there is so much talk about that about him out there and that's what was told to me and I even met I put it on the message board a few times when I when I was hearing that you know Sonny was leading more and Billy was you know just watch out for Florida you'd have to go back and find the threads but I mentioned this a few times because I had people telling me man if that Florida job comes open and here's how this thing works you know Dan Mullen was on the hot seat everyone and their grandma knew Dan Mullen was on the hot seat. Do you not think for one second someone in the back channels told Billy Napier's camp, this is about to go down, don't make a decision on TCU? And I told someone today, I have to pull up the text message here, because we were laughing about it. They asked, Napier was never a candidate for TCU. He was always waiting for SE gig, LOL. And I would say, I would say TCU was never a candidate for Napier. And that's my, that's my true, true feeling. I don't think, I don't think, I think Napier did a really bang up job uh, interviewing. I think he probably put everything out there like he would take it, but I don't, I don't think for one second that he told anyone that he would take it. Um, And because I don't think TCU, I don't think TCU ever offered it to him. Well, I think in the end it's, it worked out well. You know, I was I was high on Napier, but you know, you go a little bit below. You know, people talk about oh, Sonny has a hard time in November. Uh, what you know, you go just below the surface of Napier, and it's all of these one score games in the Sun Belt. Now, I I happen to like Sun Belt football. I think it's a very pure form of college football. But yeah. man, when you're not when you got all that talent and you're supposed to be this hot shot coach, you got to you got to win by more than a touchdown every single week in the Sun Belt. There should be that differentiation where, where what you're offering. In the, and he's been there for four years. So, like, these are his players at the top of – and recruiting supposed to be his selling point. So, I, I wish him well. I think he'll do fine. But I'm I'm really happy with the coach that TCU hired. Um, I will say that – and I don't, I don't know. I, I hate running a podcast to talk to people that don't listen to it anyway. But – Man, we've got some stupid fans. Can I just say that? And I don't mean to go on our message Nick Saban rant? Come on, give give us your best Nick Saban. Because Nick yeah. Saban pretty much said everything that you're about to say. I know. we got some stupid fans, man. Nick Saban did that. And you know what's so fun? All of the all of the herd there cheered him on, and he was talking exactly yeah. to those people, and they were cheering for it. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Nick. Thank you. Punch me again. Please, yeah. Nick, He's, punch me again. He is dead when serious. I, he is dead serious, not cracking a smile, and they're still clapping. Like they are like so I don't even know the word for it, man. They're so clueless about what he's trying to it's just pissing them off even more that they're clapping. Roll tide, that's all I gotta say. Well, I'll all say, my rant is about our fans. I'll tell you what I think of our fans. Okay. Um our, mostly our Facebook fans. I guess that's a better way to put it, or just some rando people that stroll into the mentions of my Twitter account, like you do not leave a P5 job for a P5 job very often. I mean, we can all say, oh, Jimbo left Florida State for A&M. Well, Jimbo also put that program in a ditch and look that they're yet to recover from. And, you know, I know Lincoln Riley just left for USC, but that that's why it's so eye-popping because it just it doesn't happen. And so th- this is one of the things that I, I like to distill it down to. Just because TCU is a better job than another P5 program doesn't mean you leave that program for TCU. 
I think TCU is a better program than everybody in the new Big 12 except maybe Oklahoma State. I mean, that, I mean that's my that's my opinion. Uh, but I don't think you leave Iowa State for TCU. I don't think you leave Kansas State for TCU. You don't leave Cincinnati for TCU. Um, and this idea that you can just go throw all this money at it, um, you're you're talking about uprooting your life, your family, uh, moving to a part of the country maybe you've never been to before. Just the idea that you can just go pick up a phone and money whip people. That you know who says that? People Text. on Orange Bloods. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's who says that. So I'm I'm not I'm not I haven't been impressed with the way our fan base has embraced this search because you you know I, I was a big candidate I was a big advocate for Tony Elliott the offensive coordinator at uh, Clemson yeah he's been there seven years six years in the playoffs and then this year is their worst year and they're going to end up nine and three maybe ten and three and I had people telling me oh we don't want that guy you don't want the guy that's called plays in the playoffs for six straight years. You know, maybe he's not the right fit. Maybe his scheme isn't what we want. Maybe his commitment to recruiting is different. I'm not saying he's perfect, and I don't know because I'm not in on that search. But if we think we're too good for the offensive coordinator that has won two national championships, who do we think we are? All right, that's my Nick Saban rant. You could hear it coming, couldn't you, Jeremy? <laughs> I'll say this. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting week to two weeks, and. And we're all going to be watching who Sonny Sonny puts on the staff as he as he builds this staff. And you mentioned something about Texas fans, and it got it got me to thinking. You know, this time last year, or was it last year at this time when they let go of uh, Herman? Yeah, it was around this time. All we yeah, no, it was later in the year. It was it was after signing day. Okay, after signing day. So anyhow, all we heard about, you know, Sar- Sarkeesian was a great coach at Alabama. He had so many weapons to choose from. But he was he was building this Titanic staff. I mean, just awesome, can't lose staff. I mean, I got so many messages from my Texas buddies. Oh, what are y'all going to do? Our staff is loaded. We're going to be – it's still going to come down to those players that played this year. No matter how good your coaches are, that that coaching staff Texas built is one of the best staffs in college football. Their team still went five and seven this year. So be patient, TCU fans, because you may be having a year where you go four and eight or five and seven that first year. No matter how good a staff we have TCU has, because you still have a lot of those same players that are that are executing or not executing plays coming back. So keep keep that in mind as Sonny builds the staff. I think the most important thing is not who he brings in as coaches, but the guys he brings in on the portal. That's gonna be that's gonna be the most interesting. No, I completely agree. I don't think it's a matter of this perfect position coach or whatever. It's it's who you bring on the in on the portal. And you know what? You need what do you got? Nine coaches. You you need three people whose whose sole job is is to recruit. They're going to be a position coach, but like they are there to you know. Again, this is all about recruitment. This is all about ac- player acquisition. This is all about alignment. And so I'll be interested to see who they pick up off the transfer portal because he's done a really good job of that at SMU, and we'll see what happens here at, at TCU. You know, if you look at Fort Worth as a landing spot, 
you know, for, for pe- kids from DFW, um, for kids from Texas, you know, there's a handful of kids that have maybe made a trip to, you know, LSU or Alabama or, or decide to go out to Oregon. And you're like, you know what? I kind of miss mama or, you know, Hey, the, the Hewlin Mollet Christmas is everything I miss from growing up and they want to come back to TCU. You never know. You never know how appealing that can be. Anybody that thinks that they're not actively recruiting kids before they enter the portal uh, needs a checkup from the neck up. And Sonny obviously knows how to do that. So that's just another form of always be recruiting. So we'll see what happens here with this uh, new staff. All right. Well, hey, we're going to bring this episode to an end here. We appreciate everybody for sticking with us here this season. We'll be back soon to continue to talk about how the staff uh, rounds out and any changes that come our way. We got a lot going on in college football right now. We got a lot going on with the playoff coming this way. We got championship weekend coming up. Hey, this is officially an Oklahoma State Cowboys podcast. I am pulling for the pokes. If there had to be one Big 12 team that I wanted to make the playoff aside from TCU, it would be Oklahoma State because they're going to be our partners in crime and going to be um, our our they're going to be one of our rivals, um, especially for um, here in football in the Big 12 for recruiting going forward. So we'll see what shakes loose with a Big 12 championship game in the playoff. All right, so until we get together again for Daniel Southern and Jeremy Clark, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Frogcast. Frogcast.